Mindfulness Mode 71. Fill the room with who you are, with your mindfulness, with your presence, with your intangible force. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Thanks so much for listening to Mindfulness Mode. As a thank you, I have some free, easy meditations called Fine-Tune Your Focus 5-Step Challenge. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash focus. Enter your name and email, and I'll send you five videos with audio tracks for meditating, clearing your mind, and getting focused. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Satyan Raja here with me today. Hey, Satyan, are you in mindfulness mode? I try to be out of mind and within being, which is mindfulness, yes, as best as I can. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Satyan Raja is a master of martial arts. He's a mentor to leaders around the world, and he's founder of the Warrior Sage Group of Companies. Satyan helps leaders find balance so they can be happy and fulfilled in all areas of their life. He believes by connecting to our higher power, we build faith in ourselves. So I'm going to start, Satyan, by asking you a short one-minute question. Would you tell our Mindful Tribe listeners, what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness means, for me, presence. Presence with what's going on in my in the images in my consciousness, in my mind, presence with the thoughts that are occurring in my consciousness. Presence to me means being totally aware of my emotions as they arise and move on and shift and change. And also presence with my body sensations, what's going on. Then that's the internal presence And then mindfulness to me also means the presence of my awareness of the relationships I'm having with my friends, my family, my faith, my my finance, my fitness. So really it's the degree of awakeness in every moment, especially the ones where we want to sleep uh, and, and maybe pull away our presence from. So mindfulness to me is a discipline, a practice, a cultivation as well as a surrender. Your awareness with your relationships with five F's, I noticed. Friends, family, faith, finance, fitness. Well, Satyan, I know fun is also one of the things you talk about. So could you share with us how fun can come to us through mindfulness? Well, you know, the first thing that contracts us, the thing that makes us close down, shun other people, get judgmental, get reactive, and many of these things go on every single day, is to, what I do is I like to find out what's the root of the importance that I'm putting on something. So if I'm having an argument with, let's say, my teenager about doing some tasks, as an example, or a teammate around doing tasks and bringing things through to completion... But I'm in a state of reactivity, a state of push, a state of contracture, that I'm obviously not flowing with the Tao. I'm not being in the flow of reality. I'm going to be resisting, which will then have a a backfiring force in some area of my life, at least with my sense of peace. 
And all this reveals is that I've imbibed, imbued something with far more importance than what I really need to. And so the retracting, the relaxing, the moving away from, and just with humor seeing that, okay, I need to pull away my units of importance that I've been projecting on this circumstance. And paradoxically, the very thing that we think we need to put more importance on and have more willpower, more yang force, it actually starts unraveling. The circumstance unravels. And then there's a natural wellness, a natural um, opportunity that arises from this new relationship of lowered importance. And it's like a magical ride and it springs forth a type of inner equilibrium and peace and and a soul, a soulful smile of with, with reality. Satyan, I'm glad you're sharing this with us because, I mean, personally, even, I can't believe how many times I've noticed you know, I try, I try, I try something. And then if I just kind of back away, take my energy away from that, then things just unfold and things happen. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I'm sure that's something that a lot of you mindful tribe have experienced too. Sometimes you back off on the energy and then things start to unfold. So I love what you said. It's like a magical ride and it's, and it springs forth with a kind of inner equilibrium. That's that's great. Can you share more with Mindful Tribe your knowledge about the the pillars, the the five Fs that you like to work on with your clients? Certainly. One of my mentors, Kevin Nations, he introduced me to this philosophy of the freedoms. And to me, there's an aspect of us that is already free. Many times our masculine desire for attainment to continue to achieve is like a hardwired experience. It's a hardwired thing. You know, we look at it in sports. We look at it in business. We look at it in everything. We must continue to push, to move forward, to, to strive, which is excellent because we gain a lot of positive return. But there's this other side within us, where if we push too hard in our fitness, for example, we've seen people go way overboard and then they blow a fuse or they resort to um, substances that, just to get the extra um, step ahead of someone else, an extremism starts to set in and all forms of extremism have a backfiring energy. They, they actually shoot us in our own foot sooner or later. So the extremeness in my fitness may result in a waning of my presence, my mindfulness, my attention to my family life. My children could be wanting my love and I'm so focused on business and growing and becoming famous and gaining more prominence and uh, having more capacity to attain things, I may not realize that I'm losing a valuable, the most valuable piece of my soul, which is affinity and love and connection and trust with my beloveds. So mindfulness to me is having this viewpoint, being able to go into the overseer of my life and seeing where am I truly with my faith, my belief in myself, my belief in the great orchestration of the cosmos, my belief in the interpersonal relationships. Where am I with faith? Where am I with my fitness, with my eating, my Rest, my scheduling, 
my task load I'm taking on, my time to just have fun and do nothing and to commune with nature. So there's faith, there's family, there's finance. Where am I with that? Am I am I only focused on earning and forgetting about saving and spending within my means? Am I feeling this egoic pull to constantly spend so I can fill a hole and therefore no matter how much I'm earning, there's always more going up than coming in. This is a sign of a lack of mindfulness and presence. So for me, presence really is an active form of engagement as well as an active form of surrender. And in the middle, harmony and awakening starts to happen. Awakening of natural mindfulness, one that doesn't require will, but requires just a deeper mission with reality. I love what you're sharing with us. This is so powerful. And I'm wondering if we can go back to your youth or go back to where you first discovered that mindfulness was going to be a central part of your life. It started with my martial art teachers who threw me into leadership positions before I felt I was ready. And I was scared and nervous. And they said, Satyan, you must put your attention on those you are meant to serve. If your focus is on yourself, you'll collapse, you'll feel very shy, you'll stutter, you'll, your knees will wobble. And I was a very insecure teenager. To speak in front of audiences and to be in a leadership position was so far away from my reality. But it was the being thrust into this position. And my mentors had a, had a saying, it was like, when given the opportunity to lead, you must lead. Don't default into the background when given the opportunity to lead. So being thrown into a martial art class and then having to feel and see and see my own responses, be aware, are the people around me when I'm speaking, are they falling asleep? Are they being motivated? Are they being inspired? Or are they just making it through class? So for me, it was an inner disposition of awareness to see, can I be more enthusiastic? Can I be more passionate? Is there... Can I, can I draw on some traits from my uh, teachers that I see? Oh, one teacher is so motivational, another teacher is very strict. And so to me, mindfulness is also about absorbing qualities or awakening those qualities within ourselves, which make us the most powerful leader, benevolent leader that we can be, you know? Yes. So Satyan, what drew you to the martial arts in the first place? I came across this TV show called Kung Fu with David Carradine as a youngster. And also Bruce Lee was a huge influence. These people who could be seemingly very deadly and wield the power of the warrior. What really touched my soul was they could also walk into a town, you know, in these shows and with, with Kwai Chan Kane played by David Carradine, this peaceful warrior sage type monk who could change the destiny of, of people simply by his words, by the wisdom that came through him, by his ability not to fight with life unless it was last called upon. So that was a huge influence, those shows. And it, I, and it started me on a path of this discovery of how can I awaken both the side of the warrior to face adversity, to decide to move on, to act in spite of fear, and at the same time to cultivate a sagely disposition of ease, of flow, 
of relationship, of love, cultivating my feminine and my masculine, you know? Right, right. Well, Satyan, I really, I really am inspired by the different areas of life that you've that you help people with. I mean, it's, it's really incredible because it's all about balance, isn't it? Keeping our life in balance. You know, for me, you know, I call it in equilibrium and symbiosis. You know, I had this experience years ago. I was sitting with these shamans who took me through this very profound ceremony in the jungle. And this particular ceremony, what opened up in me was I was able to see the interrelationship with all things started being revealed to me in, in this inner vision. And it wasn't just an idea that we are all in symbiosis or not. It was a tacit experience of my own lack of as well as adherence to the laws of nature. I could feel where my struggles in my life were because I was adding far too much effort and importance to things rather than directed, focused intention with lowered emotionality. And then I also found out that I hadn't nurtured my feminine side, my connection to health and vitality and loving myself and loving my flaws as well as loving my my wider capacities and, and the circles around me. So this harmony, symbiosis, to me is the ultimate form of awakeness, the ultimate form of mindfulness, which is, am I dialed in to my symbiotic relationship to myself, my community, and the whole of existence? So you found your equilibrium right there in that jungle with those shamans. I mean, what a great story. That is really incredible. I've worked in bullying prevention for some time, Satyan, and I'm often found that mindfulness can really help in that area in one way or another. Do you have a story that has something to do with bullying where mindfulness would have made a big difference or it did? I remember when I was um, delivering pizza as a young fellow to make tuition to go to the martial arts school that I, that I so loved to go to. And I used to work delivering pizza and I had this fellow who was being gregarious, wouldn't let my car out. He parked in front of it, and I have a whole stack of pizzas to deliver. And if I don't deliver them, I have to pay for them back then. And there was a guarantee on these things. He started becoming belligerent, and I started breathing. I started feeling him. I started relaxing my immediate testosterone uh, you know, that, that just that immediate, I started relaxing that, expanding my peripheral vision, which in the warrior tradition, when you expand your peripheral vision, it actually creates a quieting of the mind. Just by the expansion of peripheral vision, it starts shutting off the thought dimension. So when I did that, I was able to look at him without getting reactive, and speak to him with presence, with connection, and then let him know that, hey, listen, you know, it's not worth it. I'm not worth it. And then at the end of the experience, it was um, diffused through this mindfulness rather than taken down the road of violence, you know? 
That's a powerful story. Wow. And I hadn't heard that before about peripheral vision. So that's really interesting, that part of it. Yes. Peripheral vision, peripheral awareness, feeling your cocoon of presence going wider and wider. Under duress, under tension, our natural reaction is to draw in our awareness, presence, and mindfulness in the flight or fight reaction. And so as a warrior sage, we practice the cultivation of expanding awareness under duress. And then it's, it's like gaining mindfulness um, strength in a way. It's not just a passive thing. You're cultivating when I'm driving and I'm driving it faster. Can I expand my awareness even more? Can I fill the room with who I am? If one is going to give a speech, a talk, or they know they're going to be in a position of influence, before you walk into a room, fill the room with who you are, with your mindfulness, with your presence, with your intangible force. Fill the room with who you are, your intangible force. I mean, that is really powerful, and I don't know how often we really think about that. You know, I'm, I'm going somewhere to speak, or I'm going to be with some other people, and I'm going to fill the room with my intangible force. It's a different way of looking at things. So thanks for sharing that with us. I really like that. You'll be felt. You'll be felt as a greater leader. You'll be trusted more because you're dropped in rather than coming from just your mind or your thoughts or your notes. <laughs> you're coming from your connection with self, your connection with others, your connection with the outer space that you're in. Feeling your cocoon of presence going wider and wider. Hmm. Satyan, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. And here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? One of my current ones, the one that stands out first, is my Brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher. I have two of them, a master and a black belt, and both of them. Um, Maestro Marcus Soares is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu master, and a black belt underneath him in our Carlson Gracie jiu-jitsu school. His name is Benito Segura, and... Both of these remarkable gentlemen are so deeply present. And Benito, as a um, human being, is present to so many different levels of being and awareness, uh, well honed as a world uh, champion. And I'm so blessed to be able to absorb and to uh, see how <laughs> how present I'm not. <laughs> because sometimes we can only see the degree of our awakeness and, and mindfulness in the shadow of someone who's even more lit up, you know? So uh, right. it's a nice challenge for me to grow into, you know? Yes. Yes, for sure. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? It helps me love and accept them and, and feel them fully. When I'm contracted from that mindfulness and I'm just in the swirl of it, then they get lodged I don't feel fully. I suppress them, the ones that are not so positive, the ones I'd rather not have from some tension in a day or strife or, or struggle or whatever. I'd rather um, not feel them, but I found that when I'm present, mindful and dialed in, that 
they transform through my love and acceptance of my emotions. That's great. Tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice, Satyan. You know, in in the martial arts, we breathe, we have this type of three-part breath from the belly that moves like a bellows. We fill the lower part of the belly and even energetically visualize that we're breathing even deeper into our hips and genitals on the inhalation. First, the breathing of the lower body and then the solar plexus area and then the breath fulfills its um, expansion at the upper part of the breath and then relaxing the opposite way. So relaxing from the top down like a bellows opening at the bottom and then closing stoking this flame so for me breath is the opportunity um it's the doorway in it's the immediate barometer of my awareness and mindfulness i love that image satyan if you could recommend a book that's on mindfulness what would it be i'll recommend a book that stands out which is includes mindfulness but really the walk of life and it would be blue truth by one of my other mentors david dada spelled d-e-i-d-a and the book once again is called blue truth excellent if you can share an app which would help you be more mindful what would that be hmm you know i that wouldn't be a world I, I would I would be dialed into to share. Sure, sure. No, that's understandable. That's fine. What advice would you give a person who's new to the whole idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life? The first thing a warrior sage does, they look for what are the movements, what are the things out there in life that are seeking your adherence? They want to make you part of their movement, part of their adherence. So, you know, we see so many political parties out there. They're drumming up emotion, pushing this and that and evoking uh, opposition. We see it everywhere. Just take a look at where is my energy, my units of emotional energy going? And wherever it's going and you're getting evoked, you're getting riled up, you're feeling righteous, you're feeling we need to stop this. There's deep truth in that. We don't want to deny that truth. But from a reactive place, as a warrior, you are actually losing energy, leaking energy by the excessive reactiveness. So what a warrior sage does is they lower the importance of the very thing, paradoxically, that they have vehemency against. And that lowering of the importance, once again, when you lower it, paradoxically, the units of power that were stuck in the pushing against, they reel back and they come back to the source of your choice. And then, once again, paradoxically, the less you say, the more effect happens. You are able to do and achieve and create more change with the thing that you actually have interest in because you're coming from a place of greater influence, a place of emanation of depth, So your words are heard rather than your screams and shouts and vitriol. They hear your soul speak with authority because that is the ultimate authority. Your soul is the ultimate authority. I love that, Satyan. Satyan, it has been such 
a pleasure to spend this time with you and such a learning experience, not only for me, but I'm sure for all of our listeners. So I want to thank you so much, but how can we learn more about you and how could we connect with you, Satyan? Well, to stay connected, you can join our community and also be invited to our exclusive experiential events that I hold. And to to do that, just come and join us at warriorsage.com. Well, that's easy. Well, thank you so much and all the best to you. I look forward to talking to you again sometime. Take care. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Me too. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.